We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 727 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Monday, December 25th, 2023. It is Christmas 2023. And Santa Claus brought us quite the gift on Christmas Eve afternoon. A commander's loss that was nearly a win off appearing to be a certain loss, uh, quite the roller coaster on Christmas Eve afternoon 2023 for us. A 30-28 loss at the New York Jets in a game in which the Commanders were down 20-0 in the second quarter and 27-7 at the half, but also a game in which the Commanders scored 21 consecutive points in the second half, and then finally a game in which Greg the Leg... Jets kicker Greg Zerline, he connected on a 54-yard field goal for a 30-28 Jets lead with five seconds left in the fourth quarter. If you are a part of Operation Loseout, the quest for the commanders to lose their remaining games this season in order to get as high of a first-round pick in the 2024 NFL Draft as possible, then Christmas Eve afternoon was a good afternoon. And then Christmas Eve night was a good night. Another gift from Santa, a 26-23 New England Patriots win at the Denver Broncos on a 56-yard field goal by Pat's kicker and Maryland product Chad Ryland with two seconds left in the fourth quarter. So how about our Christmas Eve 2023? Greg Zerline, 54-yard field goal with five seconds left. Chad Ryland, 56-yard field goal with two seconds left. Chad Ryland had missed a 47-yard field goal attempt late in the second quarter and had missed an extra point attempt in the third quarter, but he came through to win the game. And so the commanders and the Pats, each team in this 2023 NFL regular season now is 4-11. and 11. But the Commanders have the weaker strength of schedule. And so if the 2024 NFL Draft happened right now, it is the Commanders, the Washington Commanders, who would have the number 
three overall pick. They entered week 16 with the number four overall pick in the 2024 draft. They are exiting week 16 with the number three overall pick in the 2024 draft. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Hello and welcome to this Monday installment, this Christmas installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Merry Christmas to all of you who celebrate. I mean that. I hope that you're having a great Christmas. The commanders are not having a great season. And so I, as a fan of the team, want them to lose out because to me, that is what is best for our team. Two games to go for the commanders in this dreadful season. Home to the San Francisco 49ers this Sunday afternoon, New Year's Eve afternoon at one, and then home to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday January 7th. But who will be the commander's starting quarterback for those games? Uh, Coming up on the show, in-depth reaction to and analysis of what went down for the commanders in this loss at the Jets. Next segment, the quarterback situation. Sam Howell, really bad for a third consecutive game, benched for a third consecutive game. Jacoby Brissett, terrific for a second consecutive game. What now? I'll give you my thoughts, and you'll hear a lot of what Commander's head coach Rod Rivera had to say during his post-game press conference. You'll also hear from Sam. We'll then get into a variety of other aspects from the game, including the clutch choke (laughs) by the Commander's terrible defense, an abysmal performance by Commander's special teams, impressive performances by running backs Chris Rodriguez Jr. and Antonio Gibson, and more. Also on the show, the rest of your Washington, D.C. area Sports Weekend. They'll talk Capitals off their 2-1 shootout loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning at Capital Win Arena on Saturday night. I'll talk Wizards off their 129-118 loss at the Golden State Warriors late night on Friday night. I'll talk college basketball, including a big win for Maryland, a 69-60 win at UCLA late night on Friday night, and also an 81-51 loss for Georgetown at number 6 Marquette on Friday night. And I have some James Madison talk for you. Uh, both basketball and football, the number 20 Dukes improved to 12-0 this season with an 89-75 win at Morgan State on Friday afternoon. But JMU football did lose its bowl game, a 31-21 loss to Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas on Saturday afternoon. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback on the commanders off their loss at the Jets. Email from Wendell Hicks writes, Wendell, I hope that all is well for you and your family. What a reality check for our commanders. Sam Howell is not the guy, at least not right now. I don't think that the team can roll him out there versus the 49ers. Jacoby Brissett showed us that the offense can be functional, and we will absolutely need that to not be absolutely humiliated at FedEx Field this coming Sunday. The chances of winning that game, even with Jacoby, seem slim, but putting Sam out there would lead to an almost certain catastrophe. His confidence is completely shot and this 49ers defense could make his confidence irreparably damaged. I hope that the team does right by Sam and gives him a chance to at least be our long-term backup. Uh, thank you for the email, Wendell. I hear you, man. 
And, you know, that is the best argument for benching Sam Howell right now. It's not about trying to win a game, okay? I could not care less about the Commanders winning their final two games this season. I want the Commanders to lose their final two games this season. But the best argument for benching Sam Howell right now is that he's in such a funk to where continuing to struggle could cause lasting damage. And so you got to sit him for the good of his career and for the good of what he could be for the commanders moving forward, even if what he could be for the commanders moving forward is nothing more than a good QB2. Uh, Email from Marlon G writes, Marlon, we were all lied to. Rod Rivera was telling us for weeks that Sam Howell was the guy, and yet Sam is not the guy. He has regressed. I have a conspiracy theory. I think that Dan Snyder paid Ron to win out so that the Skins could not have a higher draft pick, LOL. Yeah, I know it's a long shot, but why even put Jacoby Brissett in the game? Ron should be down to lose these darn games, yet the team is playing to win, and win for what? Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you, Marlon. Same to you. Uh, Yeah, I'm not so sure about that conspiracy theory, but you know, when it comes to the Danny... You never say never. Email from Josh writes, Josh, me and my 12-year-old son are getting matching Sam Howell jerseys for Christmas. What should I do? I was hoping that we could wear the jerseys to the Niners and Cowboys games, but not only does it look like Sam won't even be playing in those games, it looks like he won't even be our QB1 next season. Help, what should I do? Thank you for the email, Josh. Well, uh, I may be giving you this advice too late, uh, but maybe exchange the Sam Howell jerseys for uh, matching Jake Fromm jerseys, an ode to the Commander's QB3. Remember when Jake Fromm <laughs> did well this past preseason and there was talk of, oh, could the Commander's cut Fromm and get him through waivers to the practice squad? Would he actually make it through waivers with how well he has played this preseason? <laughs> Remember that? How quaint does that talk now sound? How innocent and foolish does that talk now sound? Uh, From the optimism of August to the cynicism of December, such is life for a Washington football fan. Well, among the many great fans of our team is Dr. George Verghese. Dr. George Verghese is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists. He is a big Commanders fan and operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, which has locations at Waldorf, Maryland, Leonardtown, Maryland, and Lexington Park, Maryland. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland focuses on medical skin care, cosmetic procedures, and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care. If you are dealing with allergic reactions, if you're dealing with acne, psoriasis, or eczema, if you're interested in procedures like Botox, laser hair removal, or chemical peels, if you are dealing with skin cancer or have dealt with skin cancer or want to get screened for skin cancer, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Heck, Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer free skin cancer screenings to anyone considered a new patient. And Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer advanced treatments for skin cancer. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit MidAtlanticSkin.com. That's MidAtlanticSkin.com. 
Com. For excellent and comprehensive skin care, contact Dr. George Burgess in the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. A thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. could be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB, he in a mailbag piece that came out on December 14th wrote that he had heard from several current NFL executives who believed that USC's Caleb Williams and North Carolina's Drake May are the second and third best NFL draft quarterback prospects since 2021, with Clemson's Trevor Lawrence being number one. The Jacksonville Jaguars took Lawrence with the number one overall pick in the 2021 draft. But per Albert Breer from several current NFL executives, if you rank all of the quarterback prospects for the 2021 through 2024 NFL drafts, number one is Trevor Lawrence, and numbers two and three are the perceived top two quarterbacks in the 2024 draft, Caleb Williams and Drake May. Now, yes, NFL executives get quarterbacks in NFL drafts wrong all of the time. Uh, See the best quarterback from the 2022 draft, the San Francisco 49ers Brock Purdy being the very last pick of that 2022 draft. But Caleb Williams and Drake May are viewed as stud quarterback prospects. Maybe they both end up being busts. But then again, maybe not. Maybe they both end up being great. The commanders are on the doorstep of having a supremely high pick in the 2024 draft. Them having a supremely high pick in the 2024 draft matters a lot. What the team could do with a supremely high pick in the 2024 draft in terms of player selection or a trade down could be franchise altering. And so this is why I am rooting for the commanders to lose the rest of their games this season. This is why we on this podcast are conducting Operation Lose Out. This is why I, and I know many of you, were happy when our team lost at the New York Jets 30-28 on Sunday afternoon. We, during head coach Ron Rivera's post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon, had this exchange between Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post and Ron. Kind of an awkward question, but some fans were rooting against you guys today for draft position. Do you notice that, or what do you make of that? I don't make of that. I really don't. You know, I'm going to show up, and we're going to work, and we're going to play to win. Everything we do is about winning. i got nothing to do with about losing, okay? If that's what they're thinking, then that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, all right. Ron Rivera, I get him saying what he said right there. But, you know, what's unfortunate, Ron, is that you, as Washington head coach, have a regular season record now of 26, 38, and 1. That, my friend, 
is unfortunate. The Commanders, with their loss at the Jets on Sunday afternoon, fell to 4-11 and in this 2023 NFL regular season. And they, as of right now, would have the number three overall pick in the 2024 draft. That is massive. This horrendous Commanders season actually could end with something great. Now, what we think about the 2024 draft will change between now and the draft. But as things stand right now, the Commanders having a top four pick in the draft, a top three pick in the draft, a top two pick in the draft would be awesome. Because at least a top four pick would guarantee that available at that pick would be one of the top quarterbacks, USC's Caleb Williams and North Carolina's Drake May, or the top receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., who was being talked about as a phenom, or the top offensive lineman, Penn State left tackle, Olu Fashanu. And of course, the commanders with their current quarterback situation also need to be thinking about the LSU quarterback, Jaden Daniels. The options for the commanders with at least a top four pick to say nothing of a top three pick or top two pick would be many. And yes, I did mention the commander's quarterback situation. Uh, The downward spiral of our guy Sam Howell continues. Sam in this loss at the Jets on Sunday afternoon was our commander starting quarterback. He had what was his 16th career NFL regular season game and start had a third consecutive awful game. And he, for a third consecutive game, was benched. Uh, Sam went a putrid 6 of 22 for just 56 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. He did take just one sack. Uh, He had no carries. And then the commander's QB2, Jacoby Brissett, came into the game. And he, for a second consecutive game, was great. He was instant impact. He came into the game in the third quarter, and he went 10 of 13 for 100 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. He took no sacks, and he had one carry for 10 yards. Now, yes, the Jets do have a really good defense. The Jets, for this regular season through week 15, were number three in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. But Jacoby Brissett against this same defense that Sam Howell was playing did a lot better than Sam did. Rod Rivera's post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon began with this back and forth with Commander's insider John Keim of ESPN. Second straight week, Jacoby's come in and made yeah. those kind of plays. What's the difference with him coming into the game as opposed to what Sam was doing? Uh, I would say a little bit more about veteran experience. Um, I would say a little bit more of the fact that you know he's been through these types of things and Sam's still learning and growing. You know, and it was, uh, you know, again, it was uh, my decision. I, I talked to let he be no, and he was fine, and we just went ahead and did it. Would you start Jacoby next well, week? Well, we're going to put everything in and evaluate everything. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll come into the conclusion very early in the week. So, Ron Rivera, non-committal on who the commander's starting quarterback for their next game, which is home to the San Francisco 49ers this Sunday afternoon at 1 will be. But Ron did say that a conclusion will be arrived at early in the week. 
That, to me, sounds like Ron is making the change from Sam Howell to Jacoby Brissett as the team's QB1. And to that, I would say, boo. (laughs) A big fat boo. Uh, Now, is the commander's offense better right now with Jacoby Brissett as the QB1? Uh, Of course it is. That's as obvious as can be. But that's not the point. That has never been the point, including from Ron himself, who for the longest time was telling anyone who would listen how this season was about Sam Howell, right? Developing Sam, growing with Sam, etc. Now, as I mentioned last segment, I think there is some legitimacy to the argument of Sam is such a wreck right now that playing him further risks doing lasting damage to him as an NFL quarterback. I think that there could be some legitimacy to that. But beyond that, I don't want to go down this Jacoby Brissett path for the rest of this season. The commanders for this regular season are 4-11 and and are out of playoff contention. Jacoby Brissett is said to be an unrestricted free agent this coming offseason. He could be as good as gone once the team season ends, especially with an entirely new commander's football operations regime on the way. Starting him with two games left for the commanders this season, which is getting closer and closer to resulting in our team getting a supremely high first round pick in the 2024 draft, is pointless, is madness. Keep playing Sam, unless it is absolutely convincingly obvious that playing him further will do lasting damage to him as an NFL quarterback. Keep playing Sam. Look, if he continues to struggle, okay, then the team will keep losing, (laughs) which is what is best. And if he plays better, then you know what? That's also good. Then that growth and development will actually be happening. Jacoby Brissett has a lot of good qualities, okay? There are many good things that we can say about Jacoby Brissett, but he, for our purposes, is a road to nowhere. But there's no doubt that Sam Howell right now is a really bad quarterback, okay? I mean, there is no getting around that. The Sam Howell of earlier this season seems to have, like, disappeared. Sam, over the commander's last three games, has completed just 29 of 71 pass attempts. 29 of 71. That works out to a completion percentage of just 40.85. Sam, over the commander's last five games has just two touchdown passes versus eight interceptions. His season has unraveled. This was Ron Rivera on Sunday afternoon on if he sensed that Sam in this loss at the Jets was pressing. I I did. And, you know, it was tough. You know, we didn't we didn't help him early. We dropped a couple balls that we probably should have caught. And, you know, and then that's tough, you know, and, and you, you know, it, your confidence sometimes can get shaken. And that's what I started to feel in the second half. And I was really concerned. And that's why I made the decision I did. Yeah. So I was glad that Ron Rivera mentioned the drops. Uh, I am so sick of the drops by commanders, receivers, and tight ends this season. The most disappointing aspect of the commanders this season is their defense. There's no debating that. But number two on the list is the team's core of receivers and tight ends. All of this talk about how good these guys are. And yet, we this season have had way too many drops, way too little yak, and way too little separation. 
Uh, yes, Sam Howell threw two interceptions on Sunday afternoon, but each of his two interceptions involved a major screw up by the target of the pass. Opening drive of the game, second snap of the drive, second and 10 for the commanders at their 25. Sam on a shotgun play action sprint out through a pass that went right off tight end Logan Thomas on a clear drop by Logan. And the ball went into the hands of safety Tony Adams for an interception. Also on the play, by the way, was Sam taking a quarterback hit from linebacker Jermaine Johnson. But that pick was on Logan Thomas. And then Sam on the commander's 10th offensive drive threw his second interception of the game. Although that pick was the result, at least in part, of the target falling down. Fifth snap of the drive, third quarter, second and 10 for the commanders at their 29. Sam took a shotgun snap, was pressured, and threw an interception to linebacker Quincy Williams off the target. Receiver Curtis Samuel falling down. Uh, now, look, Curtis has had a good season. I don't want to sit here and bash him, uh, but he fell down, okay? I mean, that interception, at least in part, was on Curtis. Additionally, in this game, uh, tight end John Bates had two drops, Bates on the commander's fourth offensive drive had a drop. The drive resulted in a first quarter punt, fourth snap of the drive, first and 10 for the commanders at the Jets 45. Bates had a drop on an under center play action and completion by Sam Howell. And Bates did Jacoby Brissett dirty on a drop. 12th offensive drive for the commanders. Uh, The drive resulted in running back Chris Rodriguez Jr.'s fourth quarter, second and goal, one yard shotgun read option, touchdown run. But the ninth snap of the drive, the play right before the touchdown, In fact, first in goal at the one, Bates had a drop on an under center play action incompletion by Jacoby Brissett. Way too many drops by Commander's pass catchers this season. I've been talking (laughs) about the drops by Commander's pass catchers this season for months, and the problem has continued. Well, if a problem for you is that you have been harmed by the negligence of someone else, always know that the law firm of Paulson and Nace is there for you. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. In your and your family's greatest time of need, Paulson and Nace is there for you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C., and West Virginia, you can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. In fact, Paulson and Nace was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firms 2024 edition. And Chris Nace and Matt Nace specifically are dedicated and decorated trial attorneys. Chris Nace in May was named the 2023 Barry J. Nace Trial Lawyer of the Year, this by the D.C. Trial Lawyers Association. Chris in July was elected as the parliamentarian of the American Association for Justice, and both Chris and Matt Nace in August were recognized by Best Lawyers in America for 2024. Why the accolades? Well, Paulson and Nace fights for you. Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. This is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact 
Paulson and Ace. Call Paulson and Ace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Ace that Al Galdi sent you. You could also visit PaulsonandAce.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Ace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Ace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Ace. So Sam Howell, on his two interceptions in the loss at the Jets, uh, was plagued by the screw-ups by Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel. Sam should hire Paulson and Ace to go after his pass catchers for uh, what they've done (laughs) this season. Uh, But Sam in this game also was pressured a ton. The commanders for this game uh, were without their starting left tackle and starting center. Left tackle Charles Leno Jr. was inactive due to a calf injury. Center Tyler Larson was inactive due to a knee injury. Also, right tackle Andrew Wiley in this game suffered a hyperextended elbow. But look, while the circumstances surrounding Sam were not good, he himself did not play well. Okay, both things can be true. Circumstances surrounding Sam, not good. Sam himself, not good. He right now is missing stuff, a lot of stuff. Uh, Take you back to the commander's sixth offensive drive, which resulted in a second quarter punt. The fourth snap of that drive on a third and seven for the commanders at their 39. Sam had a shotgun throwaway on which he ended up scrambling and spinning, but did not throw to Logan Thomas, who was wide open underneath to the left side for a likely first down. You know, Sam too often lately has not been taking the simple throws, the easy money. There's a saying in football for quarterbacks, you can't go broke taking a profit. You can't go broke taking a profit. The idea being that more often than not, there's nothing wrong with taking short, simple completions for positive yardage. Sam is not taking the small profits. He is not taking the easy money. And so many of his good plays lately have been off-schedule plays as opposed to on-schedule plays. Sam looks off. Uh, this was Ron Rivera during his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon on if Sam right now is the same guy he was a month or six weeks ago. You know, that's a little bit to, to be evaluated. You know, it, it's one of the things that you, you look back at the, some of the games he had a few, you know, a month ago and you, you, you know, you know, wow, that, that's, that's good. But, you know, there's been some things lately that, you know, we have to evaluate and decide on. Yeah, I thought that that was a telling answer from Ron Rivera. Here was some of Sam Howell's post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we just struggled, struggled to get anything going. Um, you know, just it, it was hard early on. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't play my best ball today, um, and I got to be better. You know, I think it starts with me, and and I got to be better. Got to make better decisions. Got to make got to make better plays. Sam, one thing Eb was talking about this week was he wants decisiveness, good, bad, or indifferent. Did you think you were decisive today? Yeah, I thought I was. You know, I thought I was. I was, I was making some decisive decisions. Um, we just, you know, weren't getting the outcomes we wanted. Um, and you know, it was, it was kind of hard to get something going there early on. And every quarterback in the world goes through what what you're going through right now at one point or another. But it's the first time for you here. And I just wonder how you start to process all of it. Yeah, I just got to keep controlling what I can control. Um, you know, I'm gonna keep taking it one day at a time, and and I, I know it's it's still early on in my career. You know, I'm still a young player, and I just got to keep doing what I can to just you know keep trying to get better, um, and not not let this moment define who I am as a player, who I am as a person, um, and and I won't let it define me. Well, it of course so stands out that when Jacoby Brissett comes into the game, 
everything is different, right? It's like a shot of adrenaline into the commander's offense. So Jacoby in this loss at the Jets, his first drive of the game, what was the commander's 11th offensive drive of the game, went 2-3 for 25 yards and a touchdown. And he had a 10-yard shotgun scramble. Third snap of the drive, second and 14 for the commanders at the Jets, 33. Jacoby had a 10-yard shotgun scramble. Fourth snap of the drive on a third and four for the commanders at the Jets, 23. Jacoby had a 10-yard shotgun completion to receiver Jahan Dodson. Seventh snap of the drive on a third and 12 for the commanders at the Jets, 15. Jacoby had a 15-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Logan Thomas on a great tight window throw. Uh, Jacoby on his second drive of the game, what was the commander's 12th offensive drive of the game, went 5 of 7 for 49 yards. So the drive resulted in running back Chris Rodriguez Jr.'s fourth quarter, second and goal, one-yard shotgun read option touchdown run. The sixth snap of the drive on a second and 10 for the commanders at their 38. Jacoby had a 29-yard shotgun completion to receiver Terry McLaurin on a medium-range pass on which Terry generated 22 yards after the catch. Jacoby on the commander's 13th offensive drive had a tremendous completion. Uh, This was the drive that resulted in running back Antonio Gibson's fourth quarter, third and one, two-yard shotgun read option touchdown run to tie the game at 27, and the ensuing extra point gave the commanders a 28-27 lead. The fifth snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at the Jets 41. Jacoby had an I-formation play action, 21-yard completion to Jahan Dodson on a play on which Jacoby took a face mask penalty from linebacker C.J. Mosley, and then Jacoby made the completion off running to his right. A tremendous play by Jacoby Brissett. We, during Ron Rivera's post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon, had this back and forth between David Aldridge of The Athletic and Ron. Ron, with Jacoby, is it just a matter of him being decisive and just going where? Yes, and that's one of the things that, you know, you don't want Sam to overthink. You know, I mean, he's, 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 he's had a lot of pressure. He's been trying to do a lot of things to make things happen, and you can't fault him for that. Um. Young quarterbacks can go in a million different directions. When a guy gets benched twice, I mean, he's going to obviously start thinking about things. What do you do to kind of talk to him about We that? most certainly will talk about those things. We'll talk about just the opportunities he's had and how much he's learned, how much he's grown. You know, he, he's got to look at this as this is just part of the things, you know, the process to go through it. Look, not to be mean, but let's keep it real. Let's keep it real, yo, okay? Ron Rivera is going to be fired in two weeks. What he thinks right now doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't. And I say this as someone who likes Ron, and I'm not trying to come across as harsh or mean, especially on this Christmas 2023. But the truth is the truth. Ron Rivera is going to be fired in two weeks. What he thinks doesn't matter anymore. What the commanders need is the highest first round pick in the 2024 draft possible. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., Olu Fashanu, the possibility of trading down for a King's Ransom. I want as many of these possibilities truly in play for the commanders as possible. This coming offseason is massive for our team. An entirely new football operations regime is coming. The cavalry is coming. It needs to be given as much to work with as possible. Well, hopefully the player personnel of the commander's new football operations regime uh, is as good 
as the work that is done by Nova Fireplace and Stove. If you are in need of fireplace, stove, or chimney work, and you live in Northern Virginia, get with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Nova Fireplace and Stove is outstanding. It handles gas fireplace sales service and installation, handles gas, electric, and wood stoves, and handles chimney cleaning and repair. If you live in Northern Virginia, stay warm and upgrade the feel and value of your home with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive a great deal, a $1,000 off select in-stock gas inserts and a $1,000 off select in-stock wood inserts. Offer good while supplies last, but this is a tremendous deal. Nova Fireplace and Stove, it has been around for more than 20 years. It is run by big-time Commanders fans, and it has outstanding professionals. Whatever the work that you need done requires, Nova Fireplace and Stove has. Master gas fitter, master electrician, class A contractor, licensed chimney inspector, and because of this, Nova Fireplace and Stove can complete your project without the need for any subcontractors, and Nova Fireplace and Stove can pull all of the necessary county permits for the work that is being done. Additionally, Nova Fireplace and Stove can perform fireplace and chimney safety inspections. See for yourself the work that Nova Fireplace and Stove can do. It has a showroom at Woodbridge, Virginia, and has a terrific website, Nova Fireplace and Stove. Dot com and take advantage of this great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $1,000 off select in-stock gas inserts and $1,000 off select in-stock wood inserts. Call 571-513-3803. That's 571 571- 513-3803 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, more now on the Commanders of them falling to 4 and 11 in this NFL regular season with a 30-28 loss at the New York Jets on Sunday afternoon. So the Commanders off initially looking like they had quit <laughs> on the season did battle back in this game, right? They overcame a 27-7 halftime deficit, but the Commanders in the first quarter were truly hideous. I mean, this was something else. The Commanders in the first quarter got outscored by the Jets 17-0, got outgained by the Jets 123-42, totaled five offensive drives, which resulted in an interception, a blocked punt, and three actual punts, had three drops, committed two accepted penalties, and three total penalties. Uh, we, during head coach Rod Rivera's post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon, had this back and forth between a friend of this podcast, Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic, and Ron. Uh, the start of the game probably couldn't have gone much worse. No, uh, it couldn't have been any worse. It really couldn't have been. You're absolutely right. It, it was about as bad as it could have been. To go from that to how the game finished, I don't mean the kick, of course, but the way you guys were able to rally, yep. I guess what does that just say about the, 
The grit. It really does. Uh, I love the question. I really do. It, it's about the grit, the heart that those guys have in that room. They're going to fight for each other. They're going to play for each other. I told you guys last week it's about being a professional, and that's what these young men showed, that they are professionals. They're not going to quit. They're not going to roll over, and they're not going to die. I couldn't be more proud of a group of young men than, than the guys that came out, especially in the second half, and fought and played and gave it everything they have. You know, they, 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 they have pride. They have grit. That's probably the best thing you can say about those young men. And speaking of being proud (laughs) of those young men, I, as a Commanders fan, am proud of the Commanders' terrible defense. Can we salute the Commanders' terrible defense? Because ain't no defense that does bad defense quite like our 2023 Commanders defense. And hey, what good is having a bad defense if it isn't going to be bad when you want it? to be bad. Uh, Here we had the Commanders having overcome this 27-7 halftime deficit and holding a lead, a 28-27 lead with 1 minute 41 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Commanders losing this game was in major jeopardy. A devastating blow to Operation Loseout was about to be dealt. And then a Christmas miracle. The Commanders' terrible defense stepped down to the occasion. Didn't step up to the occasion. No, stepped down to the occasion. The commander's terrible defense allowed the Jets to put together an eight-play, 31-yard drive that resulted in kicker Greg Zerline's 54-yard field goal for a 30-28 Jets lead with five seconds left in the fourth quarter. The commander's terrible defense delivered when we most needed it to deliver. Who the commander's terrible defense was facing on Sunday afternoon matters a lot. The Jets have the worst offense in the NFL this season. The Jets for this regular season through week 15 per DVOA were number 32 in the NFL. Dead last in the NFL in total offense. We're number 31 in the NFL in passing offense and were number 32 in the NFL. Dead last in the NFL in rushing offense. Uh, Now, the commanders for this regular season through week 15 per DVOA were number 31 out of 32 NFL teams in total defense. So this really was quite the matchup. This was quite the battle. The battle of the commanders' terrible defense versus the Jets' awful offense. A special kind of a battle. Which bad would be worse? Uh, Now, the commanders in this game did do some good things defensively, but They also got run on big time, and that, in a lot of ways, was the game. The Commanders gave it up to the Jets' oh-so-bad rushing offense. The Commanders allowed Jets running backs Brees Hall and Israel Abanacanda to combine for 29 carries for 138 yards and two touchdowns. That works out to a yards per carry of 4.76. I mean, how about... (laughs) how feeble and submissive the commanders were on Brees Hall's first quarter, second and four, 36-yard I-formation handoff touchdown run. I mean, did that play not scream that the commanders had quit on the season? The commanders did battle back, like I said, but on that play, it sure looked like the commanders had tappy-tap-tapped out on the season, and the commanders on the Jets' final offensive drive, which resulted in the Greg Zerline 54-yard field goal, allowed a key run as the Commanders on a third and one for the Jets at their 42 gave up a five-yard shotgun handoff run 
by Brees Hall. Now, like I said, there was some good from the commander's defense. Uh, they did hold the Jets to just 4-16 on third downs. They held Jets quarterback Trevor Simeon, who is not good, uh, to just 217 passing yards on 49 pass attempts. That works out to a yards per pass attempt of just 4.43. And the commanders generated two takeaways. But yeah, when we needed our bad commander's defense to be bad the most, The defense came through. And that, my friends, is a truly bad defense. Uh, By the way, on a serious note, uh, quarter Benjamin St. Juice did leave the game due to a concussion. Uh, That is concerning given his concussion history. So certainly hope uh, that he's doing okay. Uh, Commander's special teams, uh, they in this loss at the Jets were uh, not so special. So to me, the worst half of Washington special teams ever was in the Redskins' 45-10 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at a snowy and mostly empty FedEx field on December 8, 2013, in the dying days of Mike Shanahan as Skins Executive Vice President slash Head Coach. Uh, I called that first half the special teams half from hell. I will never forget that first half. I don't know that what we saw from Commander Special Teams in the first half of this loss at the Jets was worse than what we saw from skin special teams in the first half of that loss to the Chiefs. But what we saw in the first half of this loss at the Jets was not far off from what we saw in the first half of that loss to the Chiefs. Uh, You start with punter Tressway having a first quarter punt that was blocked. As the commanders to end their second offensive drive were an embarrassment. Uh, They on a first quarter fourth and 20 at their 15 had a five-yard false start penalty by corner Christian Holmes. Then on the next snap, a fourth and 25 for the commanders at the 10, we had Tress's punt being blocked. Uh, The ball went out of bounds at the commander's nine. The punt was blocked by linebacker Jermaine Johnson, who plowed through the block of safety Terrell Burgess. The same Terrell Burgess who, as of Wednesday, continued to inexplicably be (laughs) number one in the voting for special teams player for the Pro Bowl for the 2023 season. How this is happening, nobody knows. But I would think that the voting for Terrell Burgess uh, now may slow down uh, off that gaffe. Uh, the Jets' offensive drive off that block punt resulted in Trevor Simeon's first quarter third and goal, eight-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Jason Brownlee. The ensuing kickoff then resulted in commander's receiver Byron Pringle with a muffed catch of the kickoff for a fumble that he did recover. Uh, Tressway's second first quarter punt was a bad punt, and it featured a penalty. On a fourth and eight for the Commanders at their 11, Tress got off a mere 36-yard punt to the Commanders' 47, and Kristen Holmes on the play committed another penalty, a five-yard illegal touch kick penalty. Then receiver Jamison Crowder (laughs) had a lost fumble on an otherwise great punt return in the second quarter against his former team, right? Jamison Crowder used to play for the Jets, but this was a 24-yard punt return on which Crowder uh, ran from the right side of the field all the way to the left side of the field but then lost the football in spinning for extra yardage near the left sideline. This was unreal. And then we later in the second quarter had another special teams penalty by the commanders as on a fourth and three for the Jets at their 36. And with them in a punt formation, commander's corner Tariq Castro Fields committed a five-yard encroachment penalty for a Jets 
first down. And then we had another <laughs> special teams penalty by the commanders. This coming in the third quarter as on a Jets punt to conclude the opening drive of the third quarter. Commanders receiver Deami Brown committed a six-yard holding penalty. Uh, Jamison Crowder's return on that play was from minus two yards. So we had a hold on a minus two-yard punt return. Uh, mind-blowingly bad commander special teams in this game. The commander special teams coordinator is Nate Ketzer. Uh, He should be ashamed of what his special teams did on Sunday afternoon. Oh, by the way, this game did mark the uh, commander's debut of the new long snapper, Tucker Addington. Uh, Yeah, we had the new long snapper playing. Now, you know, he technically is not on the commander's active roster. Uh, He is on the commander's practice squad. The commanders on Saturday afternoon announced that they had elevated Addington from the practice squad for this game. They signed him to the practice squad this past Tuesday morning, December 19th. Uh, This off releasing the team's previous long snapper, the cheese man, Cameron Cheeseman, this past Monday, December 18th. I do want to give props to commander's running backs, Chris Rodriguez Jr. and Antonio Gibson. They and this loss at the Jets combined for 19 carries for 88 yards and three touchdowns. So we had running back Brian Robinson Jr. inactive for a second consecutive game, this due to the hamstring injury that he suffered in the commander's 45-15 loss to the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field on December 3rd. Uh, Gibson on Sunday afternoon, nine carries for 30 yards and a touchdown. He also had one reception for two yards on two targets. The commander's 13th offensive drive resulted in a Gibson touchdown run, a fourth quarter, third and one, two-yard shotgun read option touchdown run to tie the game at 27. And the ensuing extra point gave the commanders a 28-27 lead, but also on the drive, six snap, first and 10 for the commanders at the Jets 11. Gibson had a nine-yard under center handoff run. And Chris Rodriguez, he was really good. He had 10 carries for 58 yards and two touchdowns. Also had one reception for 70 yards on one target. The commander's seventh offensive drive was a one-play drive that resulted in a great touchdown run by Rodriguez. The drive started at the Jets 12, thanks to edge defender Casey Tuhill's second quarter fumble recovery of a botched shotgun snap exchange by the Jets. As the center, Joe Tittman, unleashed a high, but I thought catchable snap that Trevor Simeon uh, just did not catch. Uh, And then on a first and 10 for the commanders at the Jets 12, Rodriguez had a 12-yard under center handoff touchdown run on which he and multiple commanders demonstrated great effort in uh, moving the pile for the final five yards for the touchdown. That was a play that suggested the commanders had not quit on the season and the ensuing extra point cut the commander's deficit to 27. And then Rodriguez on that commander's 13th offensive drive had double-digit yardage runs on back-to-back plays. This was the drive that resulted in Antonio Gibson's touchdown run. Third snap of the drive, first and 15 for the commanders at their 32. Rodriguez had an 11-yard under-center handoff run on which he did a great job of fighting for yardage after contact. And the fourth snap of the drive, second and four, For the commanders at their 43, Rodriguez, a 16-yard shotgun handoff run on which he hurtled over safety Jordan Whitehead. What a play by Chris Rodriguez. Here was Rod Rivera during his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon on Chris Rodriguez. 
he's worked hard. He's done a lot of tough things. He's, um, you know, he's, he's grown up a little bit. And, um, you know, one of the things that we always talk about is when you see a rookie play on special teams the way Chris has played all year, you just feel that when he gets his chance, he's going he's gonna to step up. Well, he got his chance today, and he really did step up in a big way. You know, last week he had a, he had a couple of really good runs, and he, he put a good game together today. And I know, you know, we get a chance to watch the film. We could evaluate a little bit more. But, you know, it's one of those things that you feel good about the young man. Well, if only this good work by Chris Rodriguez and Antonio Gibson had come in a late December game in a commander season in which our team was in playoff contention. Well, whatever the day comes that the commanders or whatever the team's name is at that point are in playoff contention in late December, we will want to throw a party and catering that party without question will be Catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown, it is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly from putting together and executing a menu to picking linens to selecting an excellent florist. Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you are having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering, or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. And say hello to Michael Pereira and the rest of the Catering by Uptown family uh, who want to wish you and your family a happy holiday season and a healthy and prosperous new year. The Pereiras are great and knowledgeable Commanders fans and will do a tremendous job for you. Visit cateringbyuptown.com. That's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, the Capitals have been playing a lot of hockey lately. Uh, All of the team's last four games, five of the team's last six games, and six of the team's last nine games have been overtime slash shootout games. But the result is that the Caps have at least one point in eight of the team's last nine games. Uh, They did lose their most recent game, but they fell to 17-9-5 in this NHL regular season with a 2-1 shootout loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning at Capital One Arena on Saturday night. So the Caps, as they are in the midst of their Christmas break, are 17-9-5, 31 games into the team's 82-game regular season in what is a retool season. 17-9-5. All things considered, the Caps are doing well. Uh, This was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his postgame press conference on Saturday night with his take on the state of the Caps season. I, I like where we're at. I told our team that. Um, I think we've done a lot of really, really positive things in the first, call it half. I know it's not half, but I, I usually use the measuring the half point as the Christmas. I think we've done a ton of really good things. I think we've found ways to win games. And I think, to be honest with you, I, I think we have another level and another gear. And that uh, that will be the challenge. It's not going to be easy. We've got a difficult schedule. Our division is difficult. All that stuff. 
Um, but I, I really like what we've done and we've shown some things that, um, some, some ingredients of winning teams and, and teams that can win coming down the stretch. We've shown that in games, on the road, at home, um, tight situations. And, and that um, our guys should be proud of that, and they should be uh, very optimistic of what we'll be able to accomplish in the second half. And the Caps in their post-Christmas break portion of the season hopefully will enjoy better health with some key players. Winger TJ Oshie has been on the reserve injured list since December 19th due to a lower body injury. Winger Sonny Milano has been on the injured reserve list since December 14th due to an upper body injury. And winger Max Patch already has not played at all this regular season. He has been on the long-term injured reserve list since October 11th due to having suffered two tears of his right Achilles tendon prior to signing with the Caps as an unrestricted free agent this past July 1st, a one-year $2 million contract. Uh, Now, this 2-1 shootout loss to the Lightning on Saturday night was a disappointing game in that the Caps lost it despite having 34 shots on goal to the Lightning's 20. Uh, The Caps over the second and third periods and overtime total 21 shots on goal to the Lightning's nine, but outscored the Lightning over that span by a mere count of one nothing. Uh, the Lightning goaltender Andre Vasilevsky was really good. He stopped 33 of the 34 shots on goal that he faced, but this was not a disappointing game from the standpoint of the Caps holding the ultra potent Lightning to just one goal over the three periods and overtime. I mean, Lightning winger Nikita Kucherov for this regular season is number one in the NHL in points with 57, and yet the Caps on Saturday night held him pointless. Uh, Charlie Lindgren was the Caps' starting goaltender yet again, 10th time in 18 games since Darcy Kemper returned from injury, and Lindgren was good. He stopped 19 of the 20 shots on goal that he faced. Lindgren, per natural stat trick, stopped all five of the high-danger shots on goal that he faced. The Caps went 2-2 on the penalty kill, 0-1 on the power play. The Caps lone goal and even strength goal by second line right wing Anthony Mantha, 2-1 into the second period. Great to see Mantha doing what he's doing. He earlier this season was a healthy scratch for the Caps, but his goal on Saturday night was his third goal in two games and 10th goal of this regular season. Mantha, for all of last regular season, scored 11 goals. Uh, Top line left wing Alex Ovechkin, uh, he off finally scoring a goal in the Caps' previous game, the 3-2 overtime win at the Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday night to snap his NHL career worst regular season goal drought at 14 games. Uh, Did have no points on Saturday night, but he finished tied for number one on the Caps with seven total shot attempts and was number two on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 61.76. The Caps with Ovechkin on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 21 shot attempts versus allowing 13 shot attempts. Also, the Caps got back Connor McMichael from a two-game absence caused by illness. He is the Caps' second-line center. Did commit a first-period high-sticking minor, but he also was tied for number two on the Caps with four shots on goal. The Caps for this game had forwards Connor McMichael, Hendricks LaPierre, and Ivan Morozhnichenko all in the starting lineup. The Caps took McMichael with the number 25 overall pick in the 2019 draft, took LaPierre with the number 22 overall pick in the 2020 draft, and 
took Moroz Nichenko with the number 20 overall pick in the 2022 draft. Uh, now, the Caps, late night on Saturday night, did announce that they had loaned LaPierre and Moroz Nichenko to AHL affiliate Hershey. Uh, and it is worth noting that the Caps' first-round pick in the 2018 draft defenseman Alexander Alexiev continues to consistently be a healthy scratch. The Caps took Alexiev with the number 31 overall pick in the 2018 draft. Next up for the Caps at the New York Rangers, Wednesday night at 7. Well, the Wizards on Friday night played a game on ESPN. Yes, our Wizards, our tanking Wizards. Uh, They were on ESPN on Friday night, albeit late night on Friday night. Hey, when you're as bad as the Wizards are, a major network only wants you on during late night safe harbor hours. (laughs) Uh, The Wizards did lose this game. They fell to 5-23 in this NBA regular season with a 129-118 loss at the Golden State Warriors late night on Friday night, concluding a four-game trip out west. The Wizards on the trip went 1-3. The Wizards in this loss at the Warriors did not hold a lead over the second, third, and fourth quarters. The game was tied at 63 in the third quarter, but the Wizards then allowed the Warriors to go on a 38-17 run for a 101-80 lead late in the third quarter. Uh, The big item from this game was that Kyle Kuzma left the game due to right knee soreness. He in 24 minutes, 43 seconds as a starter, went just three of 11 from the field, went a five on threes, two of six on twos, and he committed three turnovers. He also had seven points, nine rebounds, and three assists. Major discrepancy in three-point shooting in this game. The Wizards went just 11 of 35 on threes. The Warriors went 18 of 45 on threes. The former Warrior Jordan Poole. He in 26 minutes 53 seconds as a starter went just three of 12 on threes. Though he did lead the Wizards with 25 points, and he got a nice tribute video from the Warriors. And he was well received by Warriors fans. Remember, Poole played a major role in the Warriors winning the 2022. NBA title, uh, but the Wizards late night on Friday night got worked by the great Steph Curry. Uh, he went 8-13 on threes. The Warriors' Clay Thompson went 4-10 on threes, and the Wizards got out-rebounded by the Warriors' 57-39. If you are curious about the former Wizard Chris Paul, <laughs> who officially was on the Wizards from June 24th, 2023 to July 6th, 2023. The Chris Paul era for the Wizards. Uh, Well, CP3 late night on Friday night uh, played well. 25 minutes, two seconds off the bench. He had 10 assists versus one turnover, seven rebounds, and a game best plus minus rating of plus 27. Did go 0 of 3 on threes and 0 of 1 on free throws. Scored just four points, but still, Chris Paul showed up (laughs) his former team, the Wizards. Uh, The Wizards did get back Landry Shamit from an eight-game absence caused by a right rib sprain, but they were without Danilo Gallinari for a second time in three games due to rest. The Wizards remained without DeLon Wright and Johnny Davis due to injury. Wright has been out since suffering a 
left knee sprain in the Wizards' 124-117 loss to the Charlotte Hornets at Capital One Arena on November 10th. Davis has been out since suffering a left calf strain. His last game was the Wizards' 131-25 loss at the Orlando Magic on December 1st. The Warriors for this win over the Wizards were without Andrew Wiggins due to illness. Next up for the Wizards is yet another set of back-to-back games. The team's third set of back-to-back games in a six-game stretch. The Wizards are home to the Magic on Tuesday night at 7 and then are home to the Toronto Raptors Wednesday night at 7. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, let's talk some college basketball. We on Friday had games for Maryland, Georgetown, and number 20, James Madison. The Terrapins got themselves a big win. Uh, Maryland improved to 8-4 and four overall this season with a 69-60 win at UCLA late night on Friday night. This was the 300th career victory for Terps head coach Kevin Willard as a Division I men's basketball head coach. And the win avenged a humiliating loss For Maryland last season, an 87-60 loss for then number 20 Maryland to then number 16 UCLA at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland on December 14th, 2022. What was the Terps' worst loss ever 
at Xfinity Center, which opened in October 2002. Uh, That game also was the Terps' last loss at Xfinity Center prior to their current 18-game home winning streak. Uh, Now, the Terps' win at UCLA late night on Friday night was uh, not exactly a work of art. (laughs) Uh, The Terps allowed a 20-point second-half lead to get cut to two points, although the Terps led for the entire second half. The Terps played good defense. They held UCLA to just one of 14 on threes and just 16 of 40 on twos. The Terps went 7-12 on threes in the first half. Did go just one of 10 on threes in the second half. And this game was filled with fouls. Uh, The two teams combined for 54 fouls and 64 free throw attempts. Each team missed nine free throw attempts. The Terps went 21 of 30 on free throws. UCLA went 25 of 34 on free throws. Uh, The star of the game by far was 6-1 point guard Jameer Young. He had a monster game, one of the best games by a Terps player in recent history. Uh, He, in 36 minutes as a starter, went 4-6 on threes, 9-13 of on twos, and 7-9 of on free throws. He finished with 37 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists versus 3 turnovers. Jameer's 37 points, the most points by a Terps player in a game since Diamond Stone scored 39 points on December 30th, 2015. A tremendous performance by Jameer Young. Uh, also key for the Terps was 6'8", Dante Scott. He, in 34 minutes as a starter, went 2 of 5 on threes, 2 of 6 on twos, 7 of 9 on free throws. He finished with 17 points and 6 rebounds, including 3 offensive boards. Next up for Maryland, home to Coppin State Thursday night at 7. So the Terps got a big win on Friday night. Georgetown, unfortunately, was not able to pull off a big win on Friday night. The Hoyas for this season fell to 7-6 and six overall and 0-2 in the Big East with an 81-51 loss at number 6 Marquette on Friday night. The Hoyas trailed by at least 14 points for the entire second half. The Hoyas shooting was really bad. They went just 5 of 25 on threes, just 15 of 36 on twos, and just 6 of 11 on free throws. And turnovers were a problem. The Hoyas committed 19 turnovers to Marquette's 11, got outscored in terms of points off turnovers, 28-9. And the Hoyas Best player, 6'2", Illinois transfer, Jaden Epps. He had a rough game. He, in 37 minutes as a starter, went just 5 of 17 from the field. 1 of 8 on threes, 4 of 9 on twos. And he committed 5 turnovers. He went 3 of 4 on free throws. Also finished with 14 points, 3 assists, and 3 rebounds. And now for the Hoyas is a lengthy break. Georgetown's next game, not until Tuesday night, January 2nd, home to number 12, Creighton, at 7. Also on that night, by the way, is a big game for Maryland, home to number one Purdue at 7. Well, unlike Maryland and Georgetown, James Madison is ranked uh, the Dukes. Uh, They are number 20 in the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll, and they now are 12-0 overall, continuing the best start to a season in JMU men's basketball history. An 89-75 win at Morgan State on Friday afternoon. Now, James Madison actually blew a 14-point first-half lead, trailed by two points at 58-56 in the second half. But the Dukes then won the rest of the game 33-17. Terrence Edwards Jr., he in 37 minutes as a starter, went just one of four on threes, had just one assist versus four turnovers. But he also went nine of 13 on twos, eight of 11 on 
on free throws, finished with 29 points and nine rebounds. JMU is one of three unbeaten teams in Division I men's basketball this season. The others are number three, Houston, and number 25, Ole Miss. Next up for James Madison, home to Texas State this Saturday afternoon at 2. And we move from James Madison basketball to James Madison football. Uh, We on Saturday afternoon had the bowl game for James Madison. And the result for the Dukes uh, was a loss, a 31-21 loss to Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, As I said on Goldilocks on Friday's show, episode 726, you just didn't know what kind of a JMU team that we were going to get on Saturday afternoon, given everything that had happened with the team this month. Uh, We had the departure of head coach Kurt Signetti. Uh, who on November 30th officially left to become Indiana's head coach. We had James Madison star quarterback Jordan McLeod on December 1st announcing that he was entering the NCAA transfer portal. We had the Duke's top receiver, Elijah Surratt, on December 15th announcing that he was entering the NCAA transfer portal. We had other key players for JMU entering the NCAA transfer portal. Among those players, running back Tyson Lawton, who ended up opting out of the bowl game. Uh, We had James Madison's acting head coach, associate head coach for offense, and offensive line coach Damian Robluski, a.k.a. Coach Robo, (laughs) having to hire a number of temporary coaches just to get through this bowl game because so many staffers left to join Kurt Signetti at Indiana. And so while Jordan McLeod and Elijah Surratt did play in this bowl game, the Dukes defense, which had been so good this season, got run over. Uh, Air Force entered the game number two in the FBS in rushing yards per game for this season, 275.8. And Air Force in this bowl game win over JMU officially had 63 carries for 351 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Falcons fullback Emmanuel Michelle, he had 35 carries for 203 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but still, hard to be upset with the season that James Madison had. This was its second and final season of completing the reclassification process to the FBS level. Uh, the Dukes went 11-2 and overall and 7-1 and in the Sunbelt Conference. We, of course, had all of the drama with the NCAA as JMU, because of the reclassification process, was not allowed to play in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game and was not going to be allowed to play in a bowl game unless there were not enough teams with records of at least 500 for this season to fill all of the bowl game spots. James Madison considered legal action, uh, but thankfully, the Bowl Alliance on November 26 announced that the school was going to a bowl game. The Dukes were officially declared available for selection into a bowl game according to NCAA bylaws of their not being enough eligible teams. And so now we'll see what comes of the Bob Chesney era. Uh, JMU on December 7th officially announced the hiring of Bob Chesney as head coach. He spent the last six seasons as Holy Cross's head coach.
And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. No show for Tuesday, but there will be a show for Wednesday. What will be episode 728, and it will have plenty for you on the commanders of them in this 2023 NFL regular season, falling to 4 and 11 with the 30-28 loss at the New York Jets. A big step in Operation Lose Out. Uh, Also on Wednesday's show, I'll talk Wizards. So the Wizards are home to the Orlando Magic Tuesday night at 7. And on Wednesday's show, we'll have a Goldilocks preview and pick for Virginia Tech football. Uh, We have the Hokies versus Tulane in the Military Bowl at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland on Wednesday afternoon at 2. Have a Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Kind of an awkward question, but some fans were rooting against you guys today for draft position. Do you notice that, or what do you make of that? I don't make of that. I really don't. You know, I'm going to show up, and we're going to work, and we're going to play to win. Everything we do is about winning. i got nothing to do with about losing, okay? If that's what they're thinking, then that's unfortunate. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com